It's kind of like hardware or software. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to put into words. Nowhere. That I thought was very stupid. Do you remember the way that he did it that way? Because here comes inflation. Here comes the aftermath, and we don't know what's going to happen from here. Welcome to Nowhere. My first conversation is with my brother, Stan. Stan was a hot oil technician for MBI in North Dakota for three years and provides his perspective on the pipeline hack and other topics. Enjoy. Do you remember um, when Do you remember when uh, Amazon put those limitations on like like when like they put they either put limitations on the things that you could buy or the time frame in which you receive the things because yeah, yeah, they yeah, prioritized yeah, they prioritized I, I forget what they prioritized it was either like masks or gloves or something that you know a healthcare worker would need or it was something like they prioritized the timing in which you would get it because they were prioritizing those other items shipping before yeah, you would get your, you know. <laughs> right. And then uh, here come the price gougers that saw it coming. And so they buy everything up, fill it up with stock on Amazon. Amazon had to go in and chop them down. And then the whole toilet they're, paper thing, that yeah, was insane. Yeah, they're charging like $18 for one mask. And it's like, this is ridiculous. And, people, and the reason of that is because Alibaba, I don't know if you know who that is, but yeah. Alibaba is a company over in, uh, that services... Uh, manufacturers all over the world and you can get some uh in other words you can go to walmart buy a 400 dollars drone you can get it on alibaba for like 30 bucks yeah you may have to buy it in bulk but (laughs) yeah bulk to them is 20 anything at 20 okay so you got 20 of them you spent 600 dollars. you got 20 of these things you can turn around sell them on facebook for 150 bucks a pop you just made a bunch of money well they did that with the whole mask situation and the sanitizer and all of this stuff. I mean, and then, you know, the same thing with the gas. they like, well, the gas pipeline went down on the East Coast. Well, there's more than one pipeline. But everybody freaked out because they thought their gas was coming from that one pipeline. Dude, do you know how much we bought gas during that time? Oh, I, I imagine you were in the 4 and $5 range. We we didn't buy gas once because we, oh, yeah. we had already filled up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because when we went to get fuel, uh, we didn't need it. We, we had, uh, well, we, she needed it. I didn't need it. She needed it more than I did because my, my truck has an auxiliary tank, so I carry around 100 gallons with me anyway. Um, but diesel wasn't really affected. It was the gas. And so in her car, it does pretty good. We filled it up the one time. When the pandemic or when the gas prices went up, uh, we just sort of sat back and watched it. We we're just like, well, it's not going to, I mean, it's not going to last forever. And we have enough fuel to get to next week. So let's just see what happens. After about three days, um, people were freaking out. But I, I called Mike, who's an, uh, who's an engineer, you know, and he has a lot of affiliation with that uh, plantation pipeline. And I talked to him. Because he, he knows some of the guys over there. I thought to him, his, his idea was, well, it's going to be down for about three days. 
they've already paid the money and it's going to be right back up. It's just a, it was just a, 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 a technological thing. He said, but what the people that, you know, did the whole computer hacking thing didn't realize is that these pipes are also manual. <laughs> so, uh, well, they probably they, didn't. They probably didn't what? care. They probably didn't care whether or not we had a backup they, system. Yeah, they they didn't care. They were trying to get money, and they wound up getting money. So it worked out for them. The problem with that kind of stuff is, here we are in twenty twenty one America. Okay, why are we still dealing with hackers? Like, if especially certain uh, infrastructure uh, industries, why are we still dealing with that? That's a good question. I, that that is the question that needs to be answered because. You're talking about a major pipeline that fuels pretty much half or a quarter of America, and it's shut down by what was it, Russian hackers or whoever it was? Why are we dealing with that? Do you think that why, that's why is the system ran on internet if it's a manual system anyway? Do you think that that's an attestation to our educational system? Yeah, because people are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> what do you I mean, mean? If you think about it, if you think about it, okay. Hey, listen, Jimmy, we got these uh, pipelines out here, and I hate turning them every day. Let's put everything on pooter over here. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And 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 common sense tells you, because I worked in the oil field, so I know everything's got a manual backup. Where exactly did you work again? Uh, I worked in North Dakota. I worked for Ross Hot Oil Company that has been sold. It got sold and bought by uh, MBI. And my job primarily was going and uh, test the wells and figure out what was wrong with them if we needed a rig. Uh, and then also flush out tubing and stuff like that. But we would go in and if it, if it needed a workover rig to replace the tubing or the casing or some valves or something down hole or a pump, we would be able to tell that. What kind of wells? What? And stuff like that. But you, every, said, you, said what? you said what? You said what? You said what? Wells, what kind of yeah. wells? Downhole technology wells, so an, uh, an old well. Okay. Oil well. I thought so, you. It, I thought you worked in fracking. Well, I did. I did some uh, service work for fracking. Yeah, my my job primarily on that was hold pressure on the casing so they could get down and drill the hole or uh, frack out the hole. And you know, people say that ruins the environment. Well, actually, it doesn't. The way that they do it is actually genius. And they put protections down hole to make sure it doesn't ruin the environment. And the people that are running around saying it ruins the environment are just looking at a piece of oil or a drop of oil that hits the ground and kills some grass. But they don't realize that that grass comes back in droves. So it's it's a lot of misconceptions on oil. But H2S will kill you, but they have a way to burn all that off. So it's it's not it's not affecting anything. It's natural. So but. <clears throat> In, in the oil field, everything is run on electronics and digital stuff. They can check everything from a command center in some town 80, 90, 100 miles away. Or even three, 500 miles away. Three, 500 miles away. All right, everything is run on that. There's people that's coordinated for that. There are systems that are involved with that. They can shut everything down with a keystroke of a keyboard. However, everything is also on a manual backup. The reason it's on a manual backup is for stuff like overpressurizing and explosions. Why do you think they paid the people who were holding the gas line 
rant for ransom, why do you think they paid them then if we already had a manual backup system? Probably because the information that the pipeline held, uh, let's say customer identification, uh, company identification. So pipelines, the way they work is it's not just one truck that goes up and fill up. It doesn't work that way. It goes to specific storage area tanks. And from there, or a refinery, and from there, or comes from a refinery, and from there it's distributed to certain companies or certain entities. So BP, Shell, I mean, you name it, the, the list goes on. What happens in that case, I imagine, I'm assuming because I think I have a pretty good knowledge of how this works. Because those customer files are embedded within the pipeline system, account numbers, da, da, da. I'm sure there's money that goes back and forth. You're talking about like corporate accounts, right? Yeah, corporate accounts, all that kind of stuff. I imagine, uh, my theory is that the reason they paid the ransom is because the hackers got into that part of the system. It wasn't necessarily the pipeline. It was the system that backs up all of that information or has all that information. Hmm. And the reason the pipeline was shut down, I think, is because they maybe feared that they would be able to control certain flows because a lot of those valves are shut off, ran through computers. So let's say the hacker, if he wanted to, pissed somebody off or he got pissed off because they weren't cooperating, he could open a valve and overfill a tank and now you got a massive EPA problem. Well, also, those pipelines run all across the southeast, all the way up the east coast, right? So, I mean, to manually turn those valves would be a hell of a lot of work. Yeah. And then, and then you have to worry about, okay, well, how much pressure is, I know you've seen these tanks, they're massive, you know, you over and out, what is it, uh, all cell Mableton area, mm-hmm. they got these massive yard tanks. Okay. Let's just hypothetically say the valves cracked on that tank. How much pressure can one line hold? Cause the lines are significantly smaller. How much pressure can one line hold if that valve is open on that? What if it's only supposed to be cracked? You know what I mean? And that's enough to get enough fuel down that line to get to a certain area. So that that may have been their thinking. They just didn't, you know, they weren't prepared for something like that. Uh, and they, you know, companies, it's they're going to cut corners and try to save money. So they go with smaller and more efficient ways to do things. And they also need to cut down on labor. So they fire people and replace it with a computer system that can operate it from a computer. Now you have to have somebody on site, but they may not have had enough somebodies to go and uh, mitigate the risk if there was going to be one. So with the hackers having all the information and then in turn having uh, control over probably some of those electronic valves, it would have caused uh, it would have caused a catastrophe if they hadn't cooperated. What I don't understand is how did this happen and why wasn't the government because I am a firm believer that the government has hackers and people in position that can really knock some of that stuff down. Well, wow. because I imagine they deal with that stuff on a daily. So either because the pipelines in a private sector they didn't get involved, or it was too late and they had to move quickly. 
You know what I mean? Are you are you suggesting that the government has these expert, top level, top paid scientists slash computer engineers slash hackers that are just willing and ready to go at a moment's notice? Uh, no. I'm just saying there may have, there may be people within the government or within the you know system, if you will, that could have stopped this problem had they had enough. See, that's the thing. I don't think so. To, to mitigate the risk. I, I, yeah, I don't think that that I don't think that it works that way. Um, well, let's think about this. How many hackers hacked it? Well, it's What's not. It, is it a, is it a government problem though? No, because it's private sector. Well, right. it, it depends. It depends on how you looked at it. But in all, I think the oil and gas industry is private sector. Well, so that's I mean, why the government didn't get involved. I think, have- I think that there's definitely something wrong with the education system and why more people aren't... Uh, oh, first of all, why this happened in the first place, right? So, like, if we had... And I'm not saying that... Oh, we need to have smarter people running, blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying we need to have NASA running Texas. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying stuff like that. What I'm saying is, is like, to your point, how did this happen in the first place? Like, like, what kind of things are in place where we don't have our eyes on them? Where if we blink or if we take a lunch break or if we go to bed for the night, something like this is going to happen. Because it's not on our, in our, in our minds that this crap could happen. This, this could go down. Hey, let's try to mitigate that problem. Well, I mean, there's a whole lot of things that we can talk about around there. Um, I just don't think that, uh, any any situation or any issue that comes up that's of this scale is more complicated than we can probably imagine. Um, so it, this is us just speculating and just shooting the shit and, you know, uh, talking about different things that we think could or couldn't happen or whatever. But at the end of the day... We still have to keep things in in perspective and think about like, you know, all of these issues are way more complicated than we could ever imagine. And we don't have all the variables. We don't have all the facts. You know, we don't have all the knowledge. We don't know all the pieces or people at play here. You know, at the end of the day, we can only just say like, you know, if it were like this, then I would do this. You know, it's not like we have the answers to everything. You yeah, know? in the mil- in the army, they used to do this after action review. Well, and I think so, I I think yeah, I, you know, I like, think well, every company we, we, does that. With we kind of we can mitigate what we know, but the stuff we don't know, let's do it after action review and see what we can do next time. Yeah, that's typically the called, scenario is exactly the same. Or in the software engineering world, that's called a. Um, you know, basically a, um, what is that called? It's called a, um, post-mortem is what they would call it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So like 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 after like like after an incident or after a major catastrophe or after an outage, they would have like a post mortem uh, meeting, which is basically or RCA right, like root cause analysis uh, that would allow us to understand the situation a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, I think every company or organization has something like that. Uh, in place to kind of retrospectively look at what caused the issue, what we could have done better, and what we're going to do in the future in order to further mitigate or completely uh, alleviate these types of issues or, you know, guard ourselves or secure our systems or whatever in order for this to prevent something like this from ever happening again. But yeah, you know, thinking about that line and just kind of thinking about how this country, you know, over the last 50 years has changed. You got the pipeline industry. That's one industry. What other industries could that happen to that the pipeline industry may have started off mom and pop, okay? And then that corporation, and then that's Joe Schmo, whoever runs everything, and now it's a board and a CEO and all those kinds of things. Now they have to go and spend bukus of money to try to protect the pipeline system from this happening again but other industries in america that this same thing could happen to now they're probably thinking hey that could happen to us how much money are we willing to spend to protect us from that type of situation well what do you mean exactly because not everyone are not everyone is like in the oil business, right? Well, I'm I'm specifically talking about larger companies, whatever it may be. Not just oil and gas; it could be any industry. You know, let's just say the milk driving business. Okay, they ship milk from so and so to so and so. Well, that's technically a pipeline of delivering milk from the dairy cow, you know, to whatever grocery store. Well, they can hack that system. And then they may not affect the cows and the trucks, but it may affect the customers. And so are they willing to spend money to, to, now I don't think that anybody would hack the milk industry, but it's possible. And the pharmaceutical (laughs) industry, and the list would go on. But my point is, let me give you a really good example. Out of these big industries, there's small owners. In the oil field, you have major companies, Shell, BP, Marathon is one of them that own leasing rights to property that protect their wealth. But there are also a ton of individual farmers that own wells and have leasing rights and have stuff on their property pumping oil so that they make that money. The difference between those two is that the little guy, okay, the farmer that may have five or six wells, he may be making a couple of million dollars a year. But he does not have the money to put up to help protect himself from an oil field hack in in the field itself. Whereas Marathon... How would they hack someone like that, though? No, for, on individual lease base, no. It's, it's usually... It'll be a very small company that helps manage the wells, but they don't have anything to do with protecting uh, information. They just manage the well. Oh, I see what you're so saying. So the protection belongs to the farmer because he owns the crap. 
But that's assuming that that's assuming that the small business owner that protects the wells uh, it has equipment and technology to do their job uh, technologically. Correct. But I can guarantee you this: there are smaller companies because I've seen it. There are smaller companies that can get hacked. They can lose oil based on hacked information and drivers can come in and pull oil and there is no, nothing the farmer can do except, well, maybe the well just went dry for a couple of days because that happens right now in the oil field. Right now. People steal oil and take it and I don't know where they take it to. They steal water. They do all of those things. How How do you know this? Because in the oil field, one of the biggest problems was and it still goes on today, is that we would go out on a site and we were supposed to pick up water or we were supposed to pick up oil. And the levels on the digital screen would say this is where it was, and then all of a sudden there's 500 barrels missing. And the police would catch some of these guys. But there are companies out there that'll say, we don't care where you got the oil from, we'll buy it. Because they're buying it on pennies of the dollar. How would the police? How would the police catch them? Because the, the company, like Marathon, would call and say, hey, we're missing 500 barrels of oil. There's a couple of truckers out here that's running that oil. Can you please search the roads? They'll go out and there'll be something funky about such and such truck. Or they would do a checkpoint and stop trucks and check their paperwork, check their stuff, check their, their dispatch. And they would catch them like that. Hmm. So this happens all the time in small places. It doesn't happen too often, but it does happen. Because there's money in oil. It's, you know, it's like the modern-day gold rush. But, and then a lot of the times it would be people that are either on drugs, don't care, or just want the money. For them, it's money. They own the truck. They own the trailer. They're just bringing in money, and it's underhanded. And those systems, those, those, the reason they know that the oil is there is because somebody on the inside knew about that well and it happens to smaller companies a lot somebody knew something about that well and it's not protected because small farmer joe owns that well he has he doesn't have the money to protect it so if you add up all the wells that are like that i would imagine that about a third of america's wells are in that category now if you think about that that's a third of America's wells. Yeah, that's scary. That's a scary that category. Thought. Now, if that happens, where somebody hacks into that information, we're in trouble. Because how are you going to get out of it? Now you have multiple, multiple, multiple small businesses that have the same problem. God. What are you going to do? I mean, do? again, this is speculation, right? Like, I mean, do we really know? that these small farmers or small business owners that are farmers that are essentially guarding these wells for either the government or the major companies like BP or whatever, like, do we really know um, if they're in trouble? If I I was going to go in and steal oil, I wouldn't do it from a big company. I would do it from Farmer Joe because I know Farmer Joe. Yeah, only you just said that he has up. less protection against theft. What? You just said that he has less protection against theft. Correct. 
So why would you go into business with someone like that? No, no, no. If I was going to steal from him. Oh. That's how I would do it. I would find a way to hack his system and find out where his levels are, track his levels, and just go pick up whenever I wanted to. Because I know he's not going to know till the next morning. How do you know and that? I'm long gone. You don't know that. There's yeah, no way for you to know that. Because they don't check their levels in the morning. <laughs> I used to service well. They'll call you in the morning and tell you what the level is. Okay. 7.30 rolls around. All right, this is what my level is. Okay. And there were a couple times, well, it should have been here, but it's not there. Well, what happened? I don't know. Well, there's going to be but, some safeguard in place. You drive up, the gate's busted, the fence is torn halfway down, and the valves are open. There's going to be some... Oh, somebody robbed him. Is there no safeguard in place? Is there no, like, gates or armed well, guards there are, or... There are, but not all of them... I'm going to tell you, 90% of the oil wells in the oil fields today, there is no gate. Have you been to 90% of the oil fields? I've been to, I've been to 90% of them in North Dakota. <laughs> and I've, been, I've seen a lot of them in Texas. They don't have gates. They don't do that. Wow. Nine, I, I'd say over 50% don't have cameras. Really? No. Uh-uh. It's usually what happens is you'll have a pumper that's on a route, and that pumper just goes around and checks wells every night. Well, Joe Schmo Farmer can't afford that pumper, so he doesn't do that. He does it himself. How did, how did we get on the topic of talking about small farmers guarding the oil from the big companies? I don't know. I was just going off on a rabbit trail about other companies that are in the big industry that could be hacked like the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and this, this, you know, it's a problem that's ongoing. I think we've covered just about every random nowhere topic we can. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's what you call how about you tell us. <laughs> All right. How about you talk about that? Well, what you think? I guess we could. Anyways. All right, dude. Well. It's been great talking with you. Um, maybe we can do this again uh, another time. And, uh, you know, just kind of put it up there. Yeah. Well, my whole field answer is I was at 80% truth and 20% speculation just because I experienced it. But I think hackers are going to go in and attack a little small farmer. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Not enough money in it. You know, small farmer's not going to come up with $12 million. You know what I mean? Or $70 million or $5 million. He's not going to do it. It's the bigger companies you got to worry about. Yeah. Bigger companies are guarded. But for some reason, in 2021, the pipeline was not. And that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's kind of like, dude, come on, really? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's good talking to you, man. Love you. Yeah, I love you too, man. Talk to you later, bro. Bye-bye. Bye. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes from Nowhere.